When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. The Thiefies are underway, and our heroes hope to make Bobbert the Thief's Guild champion for fight night. But will Chaz really give them the name of the current champion? Is Bobbert's new persona, the Forsaken, popular enough to be named his replacement? Will Alan and Bryn ever talk about being sisters already? Find out next on Dum Dums and Dragons. I uh, point over to Three Clover and say, that's the fox right there. (laughs) (laughs) Not my t-shirt sales! (laughs) We were chatting up at the blackjack table and he let it slip. Chaz looks at Three Clover and it kind of gives you like an incredulous like, really? Him? Master of disguise. Think about it. Is this true, Bryn? Yes. Well, fair enough. He kind of nods to a couple of the bouncers who step forward. They walk over and Three Clover's like, oh, hey guys, you're here to see the Forsaken too? We just got this great portrait. One of them reaches out, grabs his icon and crushes it. As he does, the blur falls away and you, you recognize a man you've met in alleyways before and an whose teeth you may have taken on two occasions. Oh. And he's like, oh, uh, looks like my thing dropped. And then one of them sucker punches him in the gut. The other one black bags him and they drag him off the floor. And Chaz is like, well, that's taken care of. And I yell after the bouncers, I expect you motherfuckers to buy six t-shirts because he was going to. One of them turns back to you, glaring, but then undoes two buttons of his vest and shows that he's wearing one. You're good by me, buddy. I'll buy you a drink later. You wake me up inside, he says, and then continues to carry off poor old gold tooth. I cover Slaughter Gore's ears so it doesn't spray darkness everywhere. I really should have chosen a different catchphrase. Satisfied with that, uh, Chaz gives you the name of the Thieves Guild fighter. You recognize the name. He's a two-hand weapon fighter. Uh, He's pretty proficient, but you think uh, Bobbert could probably take him in a fight. You know that uh, he's fond of ladies of the night and is likely in the brothel area right now. Well, hold on. I just want to make sure that we're all tracking the same thing. He is going to kick my ass and we're going to replace him with Bobbert. That's still the plan, right? Yeah, he loves hookers and he needs to hate you. 
That's and fine. then we're good. I think as Chaz walks off, I give Bryn a little nudge and say, I think I know who the real fox is, and you know your secret's safe with me. What secret? Cool. Okay. <laughs> the name of the Thieves Guild fighter is Kalos Ray. Bryn, you've worked a few jobs with this guy. There's a reason that they would choose him to be the pit fighter, but he's always a pain in the ass on jobs because he's a bit of a wild card and has the tendency to kind of fly off the handle. So you've pretty much stopped using him unless you know it's going to be a throwdown. He is a convenient guy to throw up in front of some people to run away behind. So you've used him as a as an escape tactic a couple of times. So by Trailer Park Boys rules, he's jail cover. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So uh, yes, you suspect that he is in um, the brothel now since it's a couple hours to fight time. I probably shouldn't go if we want me to be blameless in this. Yes. No, yeah, it's going to have to be me. Keep hyping yourself up there, man. T-shirt time! Uh, and I produce a t-shirt cannon that is the size of a real cannon, uh, and I fire it onto the casino floor. It's like super loud. It just sprays T-shirts all over the place. (laughs) Chaz kind of turns to Andon as he's leaving. He's like, are you sure? She's like, trust me, sir. People love T-shirt cannons. And yep, the crowd goes crazy for T-shirts. I'm going to head up to the brothel. So, Quinny, I'm going to grant you one point of stress because I want to gift you something that you're going to hate so it comes with a present. As you go to leave the casino, you have to, of course, pass your floor. And you remember that tucked deep inside one of your carrying bags is an outfit you thought you'd never have to wear again. It's that kind of brothel, huh? <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> How do you want to approach? The brothel is in the East Tower. What's everyone else doing? I'll probably join to make sure it goes smoothly. Yeah, I'm going along. Okay, um, party of three, going yes. to the brothel. Yes. And the Forsaken selling t-shirts and hyping himself up. Correct, so many portraits. Is someone just hastily sketching these? Yes. Okay, got We have it. two gnomes. Well, And one of the gnomes actually caught... Me and Chaz talking. So we've got like a cool promotional photo of me and the casino owner that we're also selling as t-shirts now (laughs) to imply that I have support, even though I don't. We don't say it in writing anywhere, but it's a photo of the two of us. And it just says the people's champion, (laughs) the forsaken. Yep, that's what happens. Uh, (laughs) So uh, you make your way to the North Tower and take the elevator up to the brothel floor. Now, Alan, stepping into this elevator again is, is a odd feeling because, as you know, your dad has a secret office up here. Bryn still hurts a little bit that you were blocked out of this. Uh, so both of you kind of step into this elevator with slightly different mm-hmm. experiences and feelings. The elevator arrives at the top floor and you recognize that this is a chain of brothels uh, throughout Faerun called Shag Nasties. Oh, lovely. This particular one is run by a very glamorous half-orc named Odette who uh, welcomes you. She says, ah, oh, yes, thiefy friends. Welcome to Shag Nasties Mirage Location, the best rated Shag Nasties in the realm, and we're so glad you're here. Welcome, and there are three of you. Yes. That's correct. Alan, you've never been in a brothel before, right? I went with not Peter Baelish. She walked through, but in off hours. You walked through in the morning. Yes, 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 yes. You've seen the building of a brothel. I've seen, yes, I've seen the shell of the brothel. Not a full operational brothel. That was my first kiss. She never saw penetration. True. Meanwhile, back on the casino floor, we're seeing market penetration as Robert uh, oh, sells God, t-shirts gross. like crazy. I have a new t-shirt and it just says the Forsaken and Death Wolf. Uh, it's me and Goblin Jr. Goblin Jr. is now painted in black and white. So he looks a bit like a Norwegian death metal wolf. Annan is placing orders rapidly for Death Wolf plush toys. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. desperately trying to get those to market. So Shag Nasties, it's a corporate feel. Everything's a little over plush, but oddly, the aesthetic isn't really that far removed from the casino. It's just in kind of a more pleasure-centric way. You're welcome to stow your gear and take a robe. Then uh, they'll bring over the list of people who'll be working tonight. We're welcome to. Is it mandatory that we stow our gear? You won't be able to take your gear into Shag Nasties. Well, then I guess that's what I do. I'll do the same. I'm going along with it. Great. So you all kind of step into the little alcoves, get changed. Odette welcomes you back into the main room. So there's kind of a general area that's kind of a a free-for-all zone for clients to go and enjoy each other's company. Alternatively, there are rooms where you can hire someone. By virtue of being here, you have access to the main room. But if you want to go into any any of the side rooms, there's an additional fee. And uh, she offers you a booklet that has all of the people working. What does the catalog look like of of people? It's just a variety of people, humans, dwarves, elves, orcs. There's like a dragonborn. It's almost like like a Tinder profile. It's just like, I like long walks on the beach. I love having a psychic girl sports facts at me. (laughs) One of them is really into the art of war by Lil Pim Pim. I barely glance at it. I just point at one of the photos and say like, uh, that one. And Bryn and Alan, what are you doing? I think I just want to head in into the common area. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not security in the private rooms. No, so there isn't. We need this public mm-hmm. and we need people to see it. And Alan? I'm just taking it all in, <laughs> really. <laughs> I think you're confused why there's a book of facts about people. Not quite putting I, together why you need these facts about mm-hmm. people or uh, there are a few half elves in there. Taking a close look at them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are they clothed? <laughs> yes, but they're all like suggestively posed. Like uh-huh. it's very much, I still have to be clothed but almost not. Mm. You're just shocked that all half-elves sit in what seem like really uncomfortable poses. <laughs> yeah, I'm w- wondering why I don't. <laughs> Am I missing something? Quinny Odette looks at your choice and says, oh, well, very good. She'll be done in uh, just a few minutes. I'll wait for her in a room then? Yes. Alan and Bryn, you're led into the main area, so you go through curtains. Quinny, you're led to a room that has a diamond on the door. Uh, Odette opens it, and it's sort of like a small room with a bed, a chair. There's a washroom off to the side, and there's just sort of like gentle music being piped through from someone physically playing somewhere in the building, but mm-hmm. they've clearly rigged it up that uh, the sound comes through. Uh, and she says, uh, yes, she'll be with you shortly. Great. As she leaves, I wait until I, I can't hear her footsteps down the hall anymore. And then I want to go out and explore and see if I can find where Catalyst Ray is. Bryn and Alan, you step into, uh, it's a large room. Think like uh, in a sauna. So there's just like kind of steam everywhere. So you mm-hmm. can't really see everything. But you certainly see figures moving around. Uh, you can tell there's sort of a big pool in the central area. There seem to be stone benches around. You can definitely hear uh, people getting down to business off and around. But again, it, it's meant to be both public and gently private. Alan, this is quite a lot for you. I mean, you grew up in a temple where everyone and live there all the time. So this certainly isn't your first time hearing sex noises, but it's yeah. definitely your first time standing in a room full of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bryn, I think for you, this is definitely not the first time you've had to infiltrate a brothel. This may not be the first time you've gone to a brothel, but it's a corporate brothel. And I think there's something about that that just rubs you gently the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, not into it. It's too regimented. This <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have that uh, artistic flair. Smash cut back to the casino floor. Bobbert Andon is reloading the t-shirt cannon. The plush toys are still going to be a couple days, but hopefully by the end of the thiefies, they'll have arrived. You're just still signing shirts? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to sell as much merch as we can because I need every fucking person wearing these. So it's a lot of doing that, a lot of posing for portraits. I've actually been going around just like flexing near tables and like trying to talk up the specials. Anon suggests, like, I'm hoping that I can actually get some, like, good word in with Chaz. If I sort of imply that there's, like, a drink of the Forsaken, he can, like, track those sales and be like, holy shit, people are, like, committing forsaken to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, have a drink you always pose with. Like, I don't always drink. I don't always drink the Troll Smasher. 
But when I do, I fucking crush my enemies. <laughs> After some time of this, you're signing when all of a sudden a bottle of Troll Smasher slams down in front of you. You look up from what you're signing and there's a very slender but certainly muscled orc standing in front of you. And their insignia is literally just a thiefy. Hello. I see you drinking my brand. Not for me, for you. I hear you're quite the fighter. It's true. I'm a killing machine. Well, I'm a thiefing machine. We should make a good team. And she slides you the drink. Excellent. What's your name, new friend? Well, I mean, names and such. Uh, You're the Forsaken? Ah, true. Hopefully you won't forsake my company if you win. And she leaves you the drink, nods, and leaves. Turn to Anne, and I'm like, who the hell was that? (laughs) Are you kidding me? That was Merle Streep. Ah, Okay. <laughs> I looked to Death Wolf and I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> snarf. I didn't know it would work out like this, but uh, we've attracted some interest. Snarf, snarf. Let's kill someone today. <laughs> snarf. This is not how I imagined my day going when I woke up. Uh, okay. So um, back to uh, the. This is pretty on par for me. <laughs> So uh, back at Shag Nasty's, Quinny, you try the door and you find that it's locked. It seems to have been sort of like magically sealed. I'm locked in my room? Currently, yes. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I guess I got a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I take off my robe to reveal that I was wearing my fuck harness from the last time I was in a brothel and I was forced to wear one. And I throw the robe like in the toilet, like can't be seen anywhere. Like I'm not, I I didn't come in here with a rope and I wait for uh, my companion to. So uh, I'm going to say the fuck harness costs you one point of stress. Cool. Uh, I will give you that it's a logical thing you might have. You gave it to him and then took it away again? Yeah, because he wanted me to wear the fuck Ah. harness. Everybody wants... Quinny to wear the fuck harness. <laughs> I was say, and the fuck harness has two rules, which is A, Quinny looks super hot in it, and B, no jokes about him looking like a child until it's off. Yeah, that's very important. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a man. A short man. <laughs> Only while that harness is off. Yeah. You're sitting there and the, you hear some very heavy footsteps outside, and the door opens. <laughs> very heavy. <laughs> and a female ogre steps in and goes, oh, uh, this isn't. Hi, I'm sorry, are, are you my next appointment? Hi, I thought you were my next appointment. Do you know where the client is? Oh, no. Oh, they screwed up the schedule oh, again, didn't they? Oh, hey, are you new here? You just in for the thiefies? Yeah, just for the big event, that's all. Yeah, they brought me in. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, sorry. Uh, geez, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Odette about that. I, I am really sorry. Hey, do you mind if I uh, run out of here and use the washroom? The toilet's backed up in this room for some oh, reason. Did someone throw a robe in it again? I mean, it looks like it. I, I don't want to get any oh, closer damn. than I have to. All right. Yeah, I'll get the cleaning goblins in. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you, you go ahead. Hey, thanks so much. Can you roll me a deception check? Oh, I'm going to use my point of inspiration to re-roll that, all right. that five. That's better. Total of 20. You get the sense that she's uh, she's pretty distracted by uh, your sexy, sexy fuck harness. So uh, you know, she'd pretty much believe anything you say. So you leave and she goes and you can hear her ring a bell for <laughs> the cleaning goblin. <laughs> and then she just sits on the bed and waits for her client to show up. She okay. you know pulls out a novel, starts reading. I, uh, I exit the room and close the door behind me. Great. And I am on the search for Mr. Ray. Britton <laughs> Allen, how are you conducting your search? Sorry. Bryn, how are you conducting your search? Alan, I assume you're just kind of standing around trying not to see or hear or smell anything. Actually, I'm really curious. And I'm just kind of like looking around. Like I'm visibly like looking at everything. (laughs) You catch a couple people's eyes and you get the sense that that's exactly what they were hoping someone Mm -hmm. would do. Like they're clearly like the exhibitionist crew. Oh, thank God. Someone's (laughs) looking. All right. Yeah. Uh, Bryn, what are you doing? I'm looking for Kalos. I know what pisses him off. 
Mm-hmm. What gets him to hulk out? Yep. And it's whistling. Yep. yep. So uh, I'm strategically wandering around the room, whistling a little tune. This is like you know, in, in an action movie where like something's exploded and there's just like smoke and everyone's like moving through the smoke trying to find something. This is you moving through steam in like a weird like public sex room whistling. Yeah. Um, I just like, but I like, I don't want to get him like all the way hulked out. I just want to know where he is so then I can get Quinny to start yeah. whistling. And so you hear uh, door slam and sort of a really like ropey naked guy who for some reason is still wearing a bandana comes out like quickly grabbing a towel. He's got a knife in one hand looking around being like, who's whistling? (laughs) Quinny, you see a door slam open and the guy that Bryn described to you is there. So he comes out and he's kind of like looking around and kind of making his way into the mist. I follow him. Do I notice Bryn in the throng of people? Yeah, her red hair stands out pretty well. So I motion to Bryn kind of behind this guy's back like, this guy, this is the guy? This is the guy. And uh, if you want to get him real riled up, start whistling this little ditty. I see you whistling and I'm like nodding and I start matching the tune and now I've taken over the tune. It's just me whistling. I catch up to him and I walk kind of like right past him, just minding my own business. And as you whistling. do, you just see like, because he's a tiny ropey guy, when he has like a full body shutter, it is mighty. And mm-hmm. you just seem like, oh, hey you, definitely adult man who happens to be halfling sized and whistling. You got to quit that whistling. Why? I love this song and I keep whistling. I whistle louder. Oh, I hate that. He like, kind of looks down at the knife. You can see the thought process. Oh man, he hates whistling. Can you roll me a performance check? Total of 20. The tune's actually pretty catchy. Everyone else seems to kind of nod along, but other people start whistling it too. And he's just like, no. The whole room. No, you gotta, no, you gotta stop the whistles. All right, all right, uh, fine. And I change it up to, uh, it's probably got a real name, but like the Dink Dink song that they sing in Spaceballs, but I'm just whistling Dink Dink, <laughs> na-na-na-na-na-na-na, yep. and get everyone else in the room. Yeah, everyone starts doing it. it. Like yeah. everyone's still like carrying on with whatever they were doing, but yeah. like now there's just a lot of people having sex whistling. Yep. And he just loses his fucking mind. So uh, roll initiative, please. I'm a total of nine for initiative. I'm an eight. 22. You see him turn and start to lunge at Quinny. Uh, what do you do? I think I'm just not going to do anything because I want him to go at Quinny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs to hit Quinny. He needs to hit, <laughs> he needs to hit Quinny, yes. Quinny, you're up in the order before Kalos. He is rushing at you. You can see he's got like a palmed dagger that he's flipped down mm-hmm. and it's kind of leaping at you with the dagger up. I want to, all while still whistling, put some distance between me and him to get him into like as open an area as possible. I just make my way into like the middle of the Room. Right. So there's like a pool in the center of the room. So you kind of okay. like make your way over to there. Okay. Yeah. It's very central. Everyone can see what's up. And other than that, I keep whistling and hope that my fuck harness provides me some semblance of armor class. <laughs> oh man, there's like a six inch wading pool that you're in the center of. It's a psycho <laughs> with a knife. Because they all wrap people are fucking like mid 2000s HBO style. <laughs> <laughs> or current stars style. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's your AC? 10 plus deck. So, so then. 14. Yeah. He leaps at you, and your armor in this case is more you uh, ducking and weaving. Mm-hmm. You manage to throw some of the crinoline up to catch the knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just gets caught in layers of finery. He's real mad about it. But, you know, uh, Moonstone Mask makes a good quality fuck harness. So uh, the blade gets caught, doesn't hit you, but he's going to swing with his fist. He rolls uh, 20. So you're going to take 10 points of damage, please. Okay. As he just squarely punches you right in the face. As a reaction to that, I want to do like a stunt double, like back flip from getting punched in the face so yeah. hard. Really sell this hit. Sure. Can you roll me an acrobatics check, please? Yeah. 21. You just like fly backwards in the center of the pool. There's a, a statue that's standard for all Shagnasties of the founder, Shagnasty. Mm-hmm. And you just fly back into the statue. You hit it exactly the right point. The statue shatters and falls into the pond. And you hear people be like, 
hey, that naked guy just punched that adult man in a fuck harness <laughs> through a statue. And immediately the guards are rushing in. What's funny is they're all in the robes, but you can tell that the robes like clink as they go. So they're clearly like <laughs> chainmail reinforced robes. And they just fucking tackle Kalos to the ground. All right. And uh, start beating on him. I start making a scene. This is an outrage. I would like to speak to the manager. This uh, has ruined my vacation to the thiefies. <laughs> How did the dagger get in here? Immediately, Odette comes rushing in. She's like got coupons. She's handing out um, <laughs> free BJ, free BJ, free BJ. Uh, and then she sees someone. She's like, eh, free back rub for you. Yeah. The ogress comes out and she's like, I am so sorry. This should never have happened here. It's your first day. I mean, Shag Nasty's normally isn't like this. It's actually a very good place to work. Benefits are great. I'll have you know, I have a very particular fetish, and it is to pretend to work at a brothel. And I run back to where we stowed our equipment, grab Alan's VIP token, and say, I came here for a good time. Would you like me to go back and talk to, oh, I don't know, Avalon Riker about this? I am one of his esteemed guests. The ogress is like a fellow prostitute and was just sharing her pain. She's really hurt that you're actually a client because she feels like you rejected her based on her appearance, which is a real bummer for her. So she just kind of like, with a tear in her eye, says, I thought we were friends. Walks away, but Odette is like, I am so sorry, sir. I remember meeting you at the door, and I didn't realize that you know Mr. Riker. I am so sorry. We can make this right. She claps, and like uh, everyone kind of comes out. She's like, take your pick, literally any, anyone you want. You know, I, I, I'm i retired, but whatever you want, sir, how can we make this right? I say him, and I point to Kalos. <laughs> And right there in the middle of the fucking pond thing, I take off my fuck harness and I throw it on the floor in front of him and I say, put this on. <laughs> and now I'm just naked. Can I like and sidle up to Quinny? Yep. This might be a good opportunity to get an extra soul orb. You might be able to demand that. Yes, what she said. Odette looks really under the gun here and you can hear like some commotion from the front. Chaz storms in right as you're yelling all of this. She's like, uh, the two toughs are like putting Kalos in the fuck harness to parade him around and embarrass him. Yep. Chaz is like, what the figgity fuck is happening in my brothel? <laughs> and Odette is like, uh, sir, we've had a bit of an incident. Wait, that's the fucking fighter guy. She's like, I, I'm so sorry. He just flew into a rage. He broke my statue. I'll have to get another one from corporate. And Chaz is like, this is unconscionable. Um, <laughs> and as uh, Kalos is being paraded around in the fuck harness, Chaz is just falling around, kicking him in the ass. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, uh, wow, this is egg on my face. Um, yeah, you want his soul orb? It's not worth anything to me. Sure. Fuck him. So he pushes him over. They pick him back up. He pushes him over again. <laughs> and he, like, he, as he's watching the fighter get dragged, he's like, also... <sighs> Tune in tonight for the big fight where our new champion, the Forsaken, will be facing off against the Fighters Guild. It's going to be a good fight, everyone. Don't forget to buy your T-shirts. And then he walks out muttering like, people's champion. God damn it. And uh, he leaves. Quinny loudly announces, well, I'm appeased and walks over to get his equipment <laughs> and get dressed and leave. Odette turns to Alan and says, so I understand that we ruined your time with the Thiefies. How could we make it right for you? I also want... My soul piece back. Well, you weren't attacked. You're just vaguely inconvenienced. I was attacked emotionally. I have <laughs> suffered so much damage. Ma'am, I, I don't see a VIP token around your neck, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Look, I didn't want to break this out, but Avalon Riker's kind of my dad. <laughs> Listen, I know Bryn and you, madam, are not Bryn. Yeah, no, I'm his other daughter. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> We have five of his sons and daughters working here. It's a very popular fetish. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And she like snaps to the guards. I use charm person. 
<laughs> Fucking hell, all right. Uh, so she You're has to pass a... Yep. She has a, a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> uh, I so, never know what Alan's going to do. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so you, you throw a charm person on a debt, and she just kind of blinks twice at you. It's like swallowing a, a pill dry. She's just like... Bleh. And then she looks at you again. She's like, really? Charm person in a brothel? That is the most used spell in here. Get the fuck okay, out. Okay, so I, I step in at this point. <laughs> and I come oh, up shit. to Odette. Hi, I'm sure you know who I am. Well, okay, maybe. You've done a really well, great thank job. Thank you, Brenda. I mean, you know, the, steam, the steam might be a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was telling them that the steam goblin really pours it on yeah, hard. Yeah, it makes yeah. It, it makes it harder to, you know, browse. Listen, this is my newly surfaced uh, younger sister. Oh, shit, really? Yes. Oh. Yes. So um, she's not lying to you. She oh. just uh, doesn't know how this brothel thing works. She's oh. just, I'm so new. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry as well, ma'am. And uh, your percentage of the franchises will, of course, be uh, forthcoming. Thank you. Um, thank you, Miss McNasty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, is Fran Shag McNasty? <laughs> <laughs> so she uh, she quietly passes you the day's take. How much is in there? It's a big day, so I'm going to say 1,200 gold. Great. So having successfully completed yet another brothel adventure. I'm pretty embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Have you never been to a brothel before? Once, but it wasn't really open. Oh, we're going to have to bring you back. Give you an education, my friend. (laughs) Education in what? (laughs) You guys exit into the elevator. (laughs) (laughs) You're able to regroup. Let's fucking do this. With fight time closing in, uh, butthole your... Bobbert, this is harder than saying not Peter Bailey. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe how accustomed I've become to the word calling butthole. an individual butthole. butthole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it Bobbert is the weird name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're taken down into the holding area. It's like a, a classic, like pre boxing thing where it's like a tiny locker room where you can like tape up and, and all that. You're allowed to bring two members of an entourage down with you. Great. I got to bring Death Wolf. Yep. That's like a given. And then I don't know if we want any of this party actually affiliated with me. So as my head of merchandise and arguably manager, I want an in in like a suit. Yeah, she, she, she switched out of the robe to, like, the power suit. She's got Forsaken stitched in red across the back of it. Yeah, and, like, her hair now is, like, shaved on one side of the head, so she looks like <laughs> the camera person from the third Hunger Games movie <laughs> yeah, with, like, yeah. the tattoo. Like, she's so fucking cool. Her thaumaturgical cell phone now has a Bluetooth connection, so she can just walk around talking to herself. Oh, as it should. <laughs> as it should. But she also has water ready and a stool, uh, yeah. just in case I need, like, a like an old Mick moment from Rocky. Yeah, she's across between Mick fight. and Paul Heyman from the WWE. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, great. Uh, what are the rest of you doing then? The arena has been fully formed. The doors are open now. What was just sort of a large pit of sand has now become a very ornate, sort of classic, think like fancy HBO boxing arena. So very well lit. What else do we need to figure out, guys? I mean, with all eyes on the fight, this is a good time to finish off some of the things that maybe we haven't got completely figured out. I feel like mm-hmm. Alan should probably see if she can watch the fight with dad. Are you up for that, Alan? Yeah. Are you sure? sure. Yeah. Okay. I might go up to the top and see if I myself can assess the situation with those uh, airships. I'm not sure what else I can do. What was on your mind? What were you thinking when you made that suggestion to get Kalos' soul orb? I figure it'd be a nice bargaining chip. Where is Kalos right now? probably get him to do almost anything we wanted if we've got his soul in our hands. That's true. I can go talk to him. I give Bryn the soul orb. To recap, Quinny, you're going to investigate the airship docks, possibly to find a way out uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of the heist. Bobbert, you are preparing for the fight with Annan. Yeah, basically I've got Annan and Goblin Jr., known as Death Wolf, uh, and we plan the entrance for them. 
and I send them out because it's going to be like they meet me at like the end of the walk up. Yep. And I have just taken a knee. I've got my helmet off and held under my arm and I've got like a black cape hung over my head. And I've just allowed all of my sense of humor to go. And I am just focusing on the depthless pain that is a person who dedicated himself to a god who has been forsaken by that god. Because this is not going to be funny. I'm going to brutally murder someone in the name of hate. <laughs> and you just take off your twist knot double dick icon and place it sadly next to you on the ground. You are correct. No time for dick jokes. And I take off my unseen hand symbol. So it's just black armor uh, and merciless death. Great. So Bryn, you're going to try and use your connections to figure out where Kalos is being held and uh, to see if there's any way that you can convince him to help heist some soul stones. Mm -hmm. And Alan, you're going to go watch the fight with Dad and try and ingratiate yourself into Riker's retinue, yeah? Yes, I am. Bobbert, you're looking down the entrance hallway. You can see Annan and Death Wolf are standing by. You can hear, like, applause and cheering. Riker from the upper booth has a thaumaturgical spell running, so you can be the announcer for it. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to fight night. And there's huge applause, everything else. So as you know, there's been a slight change of program. One of our thief fighters got a little handsy with the wrong people, but you know, <laughs> it's not the first time. It's not the last time. And as you know, the thiefies are all about tricks and turns. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. So in this corner, the new challenger on behalf of the Wanderers and the Thieves Guild, the one, the only, the Forsaken. And my focus has created such darkness that it's affected the mind of the psychics. So the sky goes dark. <laughs> and on the walk out to the pit on my side, Death Wolf and, and Annan are at the front. And they're just these like circular fire pits leading the way up. And they just light one at a time from the back. And I have a band of goblins who are off to the side. <laughs> like just like, lighting them. They ring a bell. And then it's just thaumaturgical electric guitar starting like um, Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train. But it's just like bong, bong. And then I just start walking out past the fire slowly, methodically, like a terrifying robot up to the front where I'm, I'm now standing directly between Death Wolf and Annan. And I throw back my cowl and my hood and I place my helmet on my head and I raise my sword to the sky. And I yell, I do this for no god. I do this in spite of them. Death to my opponent. Then I swing the sword down and forwards and I drop the chains, hooking my shield to my forearm. So it's hooked, but it's all loose. I'm ready to rumble. Cool. Um, and Annan's doing that Paul Heyman thing where she's like clapping and nodding to everyone, like hyping the crowd and like talking on her phone. She's very important. She <laughs> wants everyone to know it. Riker gets back on the mic. He's like, ooh, very intimidating. Um, and we have, of course, our courtside medics standing by to revivify the loser today. Because as you know, blood sport wouldn't be blood sport without the blood. And everyone's like, ah. <laughs> and uh, representing our esteemed colleagues of the Fighters Guild in this corner. And he kind of gestures down and this sort of like huge hulking guy comes out of the shadows. The Forgotten's new arch nemesis, He's known for his detection and his murder. Behold, Inspector Javert! And he throws back his cloak and he's wearing just like a very fancy French outfit. And he just locks eyes with you and he's heard your voice and he's like, you. He looks just like Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, so when he, when he raises his arm, it's like really stiffly and it, it barely works. I say absolutely nothing. I am just looking at him with 
all of the hate I carry for myself projected onto him. He takes off his fine French hat and he pulls a massive warhammer off his back. <gasps> Honestly, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> all right. The bell rings and the fight begins. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. friend, Misa Farthol, here to tell you about exciting Patreon. You know, only for $25 a month, you can send your own friend into Dum Dum's land. That's right, I call from hell to tell you you can help your friend. Want butthole not die? Oh, praise butthole. You for $25, pick NPC, design, send into Dum Dum's and Dragons, save butthole life. He need it, otherwise he die. What about King Quimby? He need friend too. $25. Send friend to King Quimby. $25 a month and you get thank you from God. That's right. Come down from best God ever. Say thank you at end of every episode. You just have to go to patreon.com slash dice. That's right. D-U-M-B. Funny word. D-U-M-B. Funny word. D-I-C-E. Useful thing. Send friends to save my friends, please. Also, you get ad-free feed or something. So, Alan, you're sitting up in the viewing booth. Riker's very excited that you've mm -hmm. decided to join him. There's an empty seat for Bryn, but she's not there. Chaz is up there with you. And there are a few other VIPs, including Reginald. He does okay. look alarmingly like a Walmart version of Bobbert. Mm -hmm. So he's got a couple of unseen handguns. Can you roll me an Arcana check, please? Sure. 21. You're getting uh, strong magic vibes off of a pair of people who are sitting further back. They're dressed in very fine robes, both of them. But you're getting sort of the same vibe off of them as you did off the wizard on the island. Oh, okay. You suspect they're part of the Plantier mm -hmm. contingent, possibly other Plantier siblings. Mm. And then there's some other people that you don't really know or recognize. Riker kind of announces all of this. You kind of got an eye on Reginald, who seems to be uh, watching rather closely. And what do you do? I want to turn to Reginald. Hey, sir, who are you cheering for? Well, never been one for uh, people with hammers. So I think probably that guy. And he points to uh, the Forsaken. Oh, okay, cool. I know him. Really? Yeah. And what's his deal? He's pretty scary. I've seen scarier. I've seen him kill a lot. Who doesn't kill a lot? 
Actually, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Riker uh, turns to you, kind of just as the fight's starting to get underway, and is like, oh, it should be a good fight. Tell me, Alan, did you put any money down on this one? No. Do you know what? I did a bunch of gambling earlier. How'd that yeah. go for you? Not very good at it, Dad. Oh, Alan. <laughs> Never gamble with your own money. First rule of business. Well, have you given any more thought to my offer? I've been thinking about it. You know I'm a wizard. Yes. I'm not much of a thief without my magic, right? That's, oh, that's, we'd expect you to bring you know magic that. with you. Yes. Uh, so I just, I, I just want to understand, maybe get to know some of your other mages, kind of, kind of know. Sure. What, yeah. what my life would look like. No, I, I can understand that. Once the fight is done tomorrow, uh, I can put you in touch with some of our mages, some of our conjurers, and you know, you can get a bit of a sense of what it's like to put your magic towards thieving rather than books. And then both of your attention is drawn back to something amazing that's happened in the fighting ring. But before we get to that, cut to Quinny. You've gone up to the top of the building. So the airship docks are very glamorous valet stands. So there are a number of airships that are now moored. They're basically affixed by ropes. They're floating next to the towers. It's hot up here, but not nearly as hot as it was when you're just straight up in the desert. Right. Um, the winds are kind of whipping your, your cloak around. And you can see staff moving things, so like reloading supplies up, bringing supplies down, that sort of thing. What's the guard situation like up here? Most of the airships seem to have left personal guards as well as the staff guards. Okay. So, you know, you can see an airship from uh, the province of Akan, which is where the Unseen Hand is located. Mm. So there's two Unseen Hand guards guarding the uh, gangplank up into the ship. You recognize the symbol of House Plantier. Their ship is similarly guarded. And various, there, there are some smaller ships as well, but those are kind of the two biggest ones. For the Unseen Hand, I'm going to test the guards. and I'm going to try and board the airship. Okay, you want to roll me a stealth check, please, or a deception? Deception. I'm, I'm not trying sure. to hide from them. Okay. I'm just trying to see how well this works. 28. They're, you know, a little suspicious, but also the fact that you've got the face blur on suggests that you're probably uh, above their pay grade. So okay. they kind of just uh, salute and they allow you to board. I give them the kind of like casual salute, like I salute you, but I'm better than you. You sort of come up the gangplank to a rope ladder that's been dropped down the side. You climb that and you're aboard the ship. Okay. Now observing the ship, is this something that we could crew as the four of us? Not one this large. The, like think okay. of this as like a proper sea vessel. It just happens to be more Zeppelin sized than right, right. individual. I'm going to go to the helm and I'm going to stealthily try and disable the steering mechanism okay. on the airship. So you walk out and it's a bunch of people waiting for something to happen. Everyone is going about their business, but there's no sense of urgency. Right. The captain is just kind of looking over some navigational charts and she sees you and says, uh, sorry, are you supposed to be in here, sir? Yeah, I was told to check on the steering. Someone was complaining downstairs about something and wrong with the helm. she's like helmet. super offended, but uh, Reginald, yeah, all right, sure. Have a look, but don't touch anything. And I'm going to need to have a look and get in there, but I promise you I won't, you know. So she calls over her sort of chief engineer and asks her to watch you. Okay. Make sure you're not going to fuck anything up. All right. Go ahead. If you want to roll a sleight of hand check to see if you can sneak one past her. 18 total. The engineer is keeping an eye on you, but unlike the captain, she's fully aware that there are problems with the ship. Oh, and okay. she knows that their duty is to the antebellums and the tinglers, not to the captain, mm -hmm. really. So uh, she's watching you, but not super closely. And you're able to just kind of deftly sneak in and cut a cord or two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all I want to do then. If anyone's going to be pursuing us, it might very well be the Unseen Hand. So uh, I will exit the airship. Before you exit, she goes, so uh, did you find anything? Not really. Must have been a bogus call. I don't know. You know the way those, I mean, Reginald sent me up here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do I need to say much else? Well, thanks, I guess. And yeah. uh, good luck. Uh, they give you a rat skull? What's that about? I'm a halfling. Oh. 
<laughs> shit on me, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Your people are inferior. Okay, well, um, yeah, thanks for nothing then, I guess. Same to you. So you uh, are able to disembark from the airship. If it's still Quinny time, I'm mm-hmm. going to check out one of the smaller airships, one that looks like we can crew it. You look at some of the smaller vessels. A lot of them look thiefable mm-hmm. and pilotable. Again, like they're not fast, but they're serviceable. I take note of where they are so that once we come up to the deck, we can book it over to there. So we cut to Bryn. Bryn, you've ascertained that the prisons are likely under the main facility in the basement. So you've snuck your way down there. Can you roll me a stealth check, please? 14. You're very limited in where you're able to move because despite the fact that people are pretty much glued to the scrying pools, there's a lot of staff down here and you definitely don't belong. But you can hear someone hitting metal against bars kind of in the distance. I'd like to head towards the tapping sound. Okay, please roll me a stealth check to see if you can make your way stealthily there or what happens. 20 total. There's some pretty exciting stuff happening in the fight right now. So, uh, you know, there's, there's cheering, there's gasps. You use that cover to slink around the corner. As you do so, you're kind of working your way around a central round room that you get the sense is the dreamer's pool. You work your way around until you find kind of a small prison area. Peeking around the door, you can see there's just like a hefty dude walking around, checking the cell. He seems to be some kind of warden. You can see five cells. Only two of them have occupants. One is the fan you recognize from before, who's been severely beaten and seems to be unconscious. And the other one is Kalos, who seems to have also been roughed up a bit and is still wearing the fuck harness. The guard, I think I'll probably try to sleeper him out. Can you please roll me a stealth check and then an attack? 10 for stealth. Uh Uh-oh. 20. Not a nat 20. Yeah. Total 20. You know, you're stealthing your way in. There's suddenly a cheer as something dramatic happens in the fight. And he kind of turns to look and see what that was and sees you. His eyes go wide and like he goes to say something. And then you leap at him and punch him in the throat. So can you roll your damage, please? Eight total. You punch him in the throat and he goes to yell. But instead, it's just kind of like a... (gasps) But uh, now you're locked in combat with him. So please roll me initiative. Ten. You punch him in the throat. He rears back and goes to headbutt you. What is your AC, please? Fourteen. Okay, so he will hit you, and you're going to take eight points of damage, and he starts to shove past you and run for the door. It is your move. I'm going to brace up behind him and try to tackle him. Can you roll me uh, an acrobatics check, please? Twenty-six. Rather than uh, doing like an athletic tackle, you take like three running steps, jump off the side of the wall and just kind of <laughs> slam them in. <laughs> and then to your surprise, two ropey arms come through and kind of like grab him in a choker. And you see Kalos grabbing him and choking him against the bars. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to give do. you a free hit at advantage. 23. Yep, that'll hit. Roll your damage, please. Seven. Between Kalos choking him out and you repeatedly punching him in the throat, he uh, oh my God. he passes out. Great. So much neck damage. <laughs> yeah. He's nice. got a thick neck. He's, he's going <laughs> to be okay. Oh. Bulky body slides to the bottom of the bars. And Kalos is like, why'd you help me? Because it wasn't right that you got framed in here. You're damn right it wasn't right. So, All he was doing was whistling. You know I can't abide whistling, Bryn. I know, man, and I'm th- I'm so sorry that it happened. I gotta say, I kind of like the outfit, though. I think I'm going to keep it. But listen, I've done something for you. <laughs> what What have you done? I've managed to steal your soul stone. What? I need that, that soul. Guy. Now, if you want it back, you have to help me. No, I see no downside to this. I'm in jail in a fuck harness right now. Literally anything but this would be better. So he agrees to help you try and steal the soul stones, but um, the two of you need to try and sneak out of here first. 
Great. So you have the keys off the jailer. Is there anything else you want to do in the prison before you sneak back out into the main area? I'd like to get our beat up friend out safely if we can. You feel a little guilty a about little uh, bit. She feels bad about fake fox. Scapegoating <laughs> fake fox, aka Three Leaf, aka Gold Tooth. Yeah. The most abused NPC <laughs> in our entire history. Yeah. Waste of your time. I just love that Quinny sold Gold Tooth out not knowing it was Gold Tooth. Like his yeah. instinct is just yeah. to betray just that to man. Sell in any form. Yep. There is something greater at play here between he and I. <laughs> you open the cell and this. This guy's been beaten pretty severely. He's in and out. Uh, looks like you'll have to kind of carry him if you want to get him out. Hey, Kalos, how about you put on the, that guard's armor? Yeah, all right. So he puts it on over the harness because he's keeping that harness. He's keeping the harness. Um, the armor is far too large for him, but he's like puffing out his chest as much as he can to try and fill it out. <laughs> Good man. Um, yep. And then uh, what do you want to do about fake fox? Probably have to tie him up and pretend we're taking him to his final rest. Kalos throws him over his shoulder. Can you roll me a deception check, please? 22. So you start very confidently walking out. Everyone kind of turns in surprise, but the two of you kind of make a horrifying looking combo. And this guy, the fact that Chaz was down here throwing punches earlier, everyone's like, yeah, this guy's... He's done some bad he's, shit. He's going. He's going down. So uh, they kind of wave to you. You can tell that a bunch of them placed bets on the fight and they're like really worried about the thing that just happened and they're not sure if that injury will ever heal mm-hmm. properly and that's a horrible thing to watch. They nod to you and let you go. Speaking of injuries, cut back to the fight. Man, so man. you have your sword up. Roll initiative. 12. So you are up first. Javert is stepping into the ring. He's got a, a buckler on one arm and a giant warhammer in the other. Nice. How far away are we from each other? I'm going to say the ring's about 60 feet wide. It's a large space. I'm going to go, but only like 10 feet forwards. And I mean, essentially the bell goes and it's just like cane and like the, <laughs> like the giant guys where they just walk forward and don't give a shit about the pace. <laughs> And then what I'm going to do when I stop is it's going to be a full body throw of my sharpened shield a la God of War or Captain America right at the other champion. And simultaneously, I, having focused for so long, unleash all of my hatred of myself, summoning a power I call hate cloud, which essentially is every movement I make is an attack. The power, what it does is 15 feet in all directions around me. Any affected creature, which would obviously be that motherfucker, his movement is halved. uh, And when they enter it or start a turn inside the field, they have to take a wisdom saving throw. If they fail, they take 3d8 necrotic damage. Half if they pass. And I'm simultaneously going to throw the shield. And I've got the chain, so it's one of those where I get to throw and yank back so I can throw again. The shield strike. 14 to hit? Nope. That's fine. I yank the chain back. I remain completely silent and just wait for it coward to move (laughs) he raises his arms to the crowd people applaud and then he just charges you once he's sort of closing distance you see him just spring up into the air and he's coming down wielding the hammer two-handed but he will of course fly into your hate cloud first so he has to roll a wisdom save uh yeah he has to roll a wisdom save he makes a save. He takes 12 damage. And I don't know how fast his movement is, but his movement is cut in half. So there's a chance that just with me spinning, he wouldn't actually be able to get to me. <laughs> he leaps up through the air, his majestic Russell Crowe hair blowing in the breeze. But then uh, like, as soon as he gets close, you just like throw a bunch of the sand from your crotch up into the air and it's like <laughs> oh, soaked in. Oh, I, I think I, I'm even more violent than that now. Like butthole's not That's cute like- anymore. So it's literally yanking the chain back when he hits the air to get the shield to me. Mm-hmm. I clip his legs out from under him with the chain from behind? Sure. It's one of those things where he was jumping straight up, you clip the legs so he just spins and it comes down into like a superhero ground punch. He's close to you but he's not at range because you cut his movement in half. Sick. And he looks up and he's like, 
Touche. I mean, that's what Ryan says. Yes, his butthole yep. is silent, almost like Kylo Ren, like almost crying a human <laughs> animal. Like he's just fueling himself on the dark power of his own self-loathing. Right. Top of the round. I'm going to step in over him and then I'm coming down with the shield as one strike. And then I have a new power that I'm calling Howl of Agony, where I just scream as loud as I can, showing him the empty void that is my soul. And at the same time, the shield comes down to hit him in the torso, and I'm bringing the sword down in a slash to try to go across his throat. Sure. Roll him bones. Or no, that's called human weapon, because I just don't like myself. <laughs> 20 total for both strikes. Yep, both will hit. 17 damage for right. those strikes. Jeez. And then screaming so loud and in so much emotional agony that I'm, like, almost drooling. Like, it, 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 I, this would be the most terrifying sight to see from up close with me stabbing down at your knelt form. Yeah. He looks up at you. He's like, I am from the gutter, too. And he uh, swings up with a, the hammer and kind of like a rising uppercut. Yeah, I've never seen that move before. I uh, am from the gutter, too. So he'll miss with the first hit. Um, he swings up with the, the hammer and then comes down. He'll miss with the second. And then he's just going for, like, a boot to the inside of the knee. Fucking nothing. You're wow. just, he is so overwhelmed by the void within your soul. And he started his turn within my cloud of hate. So could he do a DC 15 he, will save? He fails the will save. He spent his whole life hunting people like you, but that's another eight, no one another eight exactly damage. like you. Okay, top uh, of the round, butthole. So I'm just the spookiest monster in the world. So I'm going to strike across his face with the shield from my left hand. And then simultaneously, I'm going to try to gut him with my right. And I'm going to do a full spin that involves then throwing the shield chain, but only like, you know, like two feet to where he is to try to hit him in the head with it. Sure. I'm just screaming like like uncontrollably. <laughs> it's terrifying in that it's clearly all of my pain coming out. I would like to vote that if I win this fight, I will be called the Edgelord. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use another power I have. This one is actually called Howl of Agony where I can use this one twice a day, where I can yell a really dark secret about myself at this person. Uh, and, and it was like, my father never loved me. And he's so surprised that it adds plus 10 to my attack roll. And I get to decide before <laughs> I, before you tell me if I hit or not, but after I roll. So the totals on that are 20 and 23. Yeah. <laughs> so both hit. And then let's see if shield chain hits. It is a 25. Yep. So that'll hit. Great. Um, my longsword first sharpened shield hit does 12 damage. Rage. And the shield chain does 17 damage to his face. <laughs> Good God. Oh you can tell it kind of from the crowd reaction, and this would be where you were able to get your distraction on the way out there. People were expecting an even fight, and this is just a slaughter. <laughs> like, you know, you just shatter his nose. He can't sing. Why is he in this role? I don't know. He's just getting pummeled into the ground. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's Listen, hit. I know I'm doing spooky fight, but I just want you to know I'm really appreciating all the lame is jokes. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I can't respond character wise, but Ryan is dying. So, um, he, he does one of those classic, like stumble backs. No, not like this. This is not how I die. And he seems to just concentrate, take a deep breath and steady himself and get the sense that he just recovered a bunch of HP. Great. He needs to pass a wisdom save because he's within my murder cloud. 
He fails. So he's like steadying himself and you're still stabbing him yeah, with your arms? Yeah, after the chain shield passes, he says, not like this. And I catch him with the sh- sharpened elbow of the arm behind the chain shield uh, and it deals him 11 damage. He is wetting himself with blood. Ugh. I didn't even do much dickheading this time. In my head, a version of me long dead trapped in a screaming cage in the back of my mind is like, oh, oh, oh that guy's kidneys are not good. <laughs> yep. And I only hit him in the front. <laughs> I'm looking on in growing horror because I've seen butthole fight a lot. I've never seen this much rage and darkness. Darkness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to be clear. Right as he heals himself, but then I catch him with the elbow, we've had the really quiet guitar licks behind, but this is where we go fully into let the bodies hit the floor, like just as this has been going. Anna is uh, sitting there and she's like, yes, no, those are the lyrics I want. Screamed as loud as you can. Uh, yes, no, repeatedly. I know what I wrote. I just really need you to execute on this. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure. I just... Because this, I've done better. Yeah, I, I know I know you have. Look, he, he's he's very specific in his tastes. And I mean, if you'll note, and like they look up to like the spray of blood that just came off you punching this guy. He's got a bit of an attitude problem. So like, just... I, wa- I just want to be clear. You want let the bodies hit the floor and then Several in between times. you just go, something's wrong with me yeah. over and over. Oh, I also need some jump. Ha! in there. Um, he's really specific about those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming Ted will do those. <laughs> and Screaming Ted, like, looks up from the Sudoku he's doing and just, like, yeah. nods. He's like, and then goes back to his Sudoku. Okay. And he picks up a bagpipe made of human throats. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> We're playing this one in G-sharp, Ted. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I gotta go get Jerry's neck for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so he starts swapping out the necks on the... Uh, <laughs> That's what's happened up until this point, which is why it kicks in now. Like, it's late. Like, it was supposed to be at the start, but now it kicks in. Yeah, and uh, Annan's like, I'm docking all of your pay for the late start. They're like, we're sorry. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep voice chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, the, the strange the, name. Yes. Like uh, a fruit. Uh, red pepper. That's yes, it. yes. It, <clears throat> in a world where something, something, something... That's the one? Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. Oh. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are? I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right you are. <clears throat> In a world... Earl Grey or normal? Uh, oh, Earl Grey, please. In a world 
where ghosts and angels walk amongst us. Float! They float! Uh, at float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic, medium... <coughs> my throat. Oh, uh, Magenta... I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Do you imagine that? Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, Yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. (sighs) Here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.